Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. A big weekend for sports. UVA won, and two and lots of sports actually. <laughs> a lot of different sports, but football and basketball is what we're going to talk about a lot. Uh, I'm Robert here with Dustin. Dustin, what's going on? Nothing much. You know, this weekend my my three teams all won probably for the first time ever. That's my guess. I didn't I didn't look at the history, but. Uh, I like the Saints. The Saints crushed the Bengals today, and then UVA football won, and UVA basketball won on Sunday too. UVA basketball also won on Tuesday, so that was exciting. And we're going to talk about it all today. But we're going to start with football. We're going to move on to basketball later. And first of all, Rob, what did you think of the football win on Saturday? Just just taking care of business, you know. Yeah. It was not, you know, the defense played kind of well they got the turnovers you know the defense just so banged up the offense did what it was supposed to do and to me that was kind of the biggest concern was the offense has kind of slowed down a little bit at least it looked that way against pittsburgh uh Mm -hmm. and you know they picked it up and they did what they should have done against liberty when i first started watching the game it looked like it was going to be a shootout because for some reason liberty was just moving the ball really well and they, of course, they scored first, and then we answered, and then they looked like they were going to score, but, but you know, our defense picked it up, and it, I, it was a good win. And it was a good win before we take on Georgia Tech next week and Virginia Tech the week afterwards. You know, I love having a non-conference game like this in November. I love it. I know some people are like, oh, but it kind of, like, breaks up the season. Like, isn't that the point? I like it. I think it was a good way to, like, prepare for the last push of the season because, you know, we've got injuries, we've got... Uh, teams that know exactly how to stop us if you look at the pit game and I think it was a good week to reset and you know get get us back on our feet before two road games in the season looking back at the pit game I don't think it looks as bad after we saw what they did to Virginia Tech yeah I mean that was that was ugly at least at least that didn't happen that dude's 90 yard run and the stiff arm was like as Marshawn Lynch-esque as you can get well you know I mean that's that's who Pitt is and they are They've been running the ball really well, and we just had no way of stopping them after Mandy Alonzo went down. And so what did you notice this week because of the injuries that happened last week? Was there anything different? Was there anything that stood out to you? I mean, the big thing is Devontae Cross starting at safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude, I don't know if this is the type of career he had in mind or really wanted when he came to Charlottesville. 
Because, you know, he came here as a quarterback. Yeah. He chose UVA because UVA said, hey, you can be a quarterback for us. But, you know, he played quarterback last year, but then also played a little bit of cornerback. Then this year comes in. He starts the season on the two deep at receiver. And then all of a sudden, week 10, he's starting at safety. Yeah. Which, you know, was a product of Joey Blunt not being there. But he actually, he's not a great tackler. But he plays pretty well in coverage. Oh, he got his first interception this week. Yeah, it was so nice. Was good. It was nice. Yeah, I and I think, well, you know, the biggest one was to me was Mandy Alonzo going down. Because when he went down, we lost all of our, basically, our run stopper mm-hmm. last week. And pass, he was probably our best pass rusher. He was good at pass rushing, too. But, I mean, you can really see it in the run stop because mm-hmm. that's when Pitt really started to, you know, run it straight up the middle. And then this week, <laughs> Liberty did the exact same thing. They ran it straight up the middle. Their starting running back, Pickett, had 117 yards, and he averaged seven yards a carry. Yeah. So, And that was mostly just going straight up the middle. <laughs> and we had no push at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, what we're doing to counteract that is going heavy on linebacker sub-packages. Because mm-hmm. really, we don't have anywhere else to go for D-linemen. Yeah. You know, it's Jordan Redman. Although I'm curious, to, we'll get into this. I'm curious to see how Jordan Redmond plays against Georgia Tech mm-hmm. because that's a lot of lateral motion, which apparently isn't his strength. Yeah. But, you know, Mandy Alonzo, Jordan Redmond, or Mandy Alonzo's out. Aaron Famui and Jordan Redmond are the freshmen. Mm-hmm. And you have Eli Handback. That's pretty much it. Tommy Chris played a little bit, but yeah. that's pretty much it. So what we're doing is we're just going heavy on linebacker sub packages. You know, Elliot Brown, Matt Gam, those guys are getting run. And, I actually really, I want to talk about these two actually now. Mm-hmm. I thought they played, for all, all things considered, pretty impressive games last week. You know, okay. Gam had a couple good plays in a row uh, as Liberty was driving. You know, Elliot Brown had that interception. Right. They're going to they're gonna be how we attack Georgia Tech. Yeah. I You know, because we don't have the big bodies up front to push their... Because, you know, that, that they... Georgia Tech runs the triple option, so... They either do the fullback dive or they do the sweep or the pitch or they can throw it. So mm-hmm. it's uh, really difficult to stop and you have to be really, really disciplined. Now, one thing that we know about Broncos teams is that they are pretty disciplined. Just one penalty yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, and besides the pit game this season, we've been pretty disciplined as a team. Now, hopefully the coaches will find a way to use the linebackers that we have in such a way that they can stop the run because when you're stopping the Georgia Tech offense, as you said, lateral movement is really, really important. We've got Chris Peace, we've got Snowden, we've got Zandy Zandier, and all of them are able and good at stopping the run. And Jordan Mack will hopefully be at full strength. Hopefully. They've kind of been subbing him in and out. Mm-hmm. Rob Snyder had a snack too. I I got to give Rob Snyder some credit on that. Yeah, he came came to play a little bit yesterday yeah but i think that the coaches are going to find ways to use the those guys instead of just having our defensive regular defensive linemen in it might help more but if they if they go up the middle a bunch of times then it might be a long day yeah i mean that's going to be the key you'd start with triple option you start with stopping the dive you know you stop the dive and then you force the next decision point which is whether Mm -hmm. you keep it or pitch it you hope that you want to hit the quarterback, but the goal is ultimately for him to pitch. Just move the ball so many times. But that's going to be the key. Can we stop the dive? Yeah. And, you know, that's going to be probably on Eli Handback. I'm sure Jordan Redman will play in there a little bit. Aaron Famui is more of an end. Chris is more of an end. 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they scheme it because I think what they're going to have to do too is they're going to have to put, you know, essentially guys like Matt Gam and Elliot Brown in these sub packages and really have them play roles of defensive ends too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be. I'm really curious to see how Broncos schemes this, and I'm sure he's. Ex- I don't know if he's looking forward to it, but I think he's excited about it. Well, he's excited about everything. <laughs> he's excited about everything. But yeah, I I think Georgia Tech's going to be an interesting game for us because run defense is not our strength pass defenses but they don't pass it ever like that they're not a team and like historically they don't pass it at all but if you look at their stats this year especially they like don't pass it at all they only have 45 completions on the year that's it Mm -hmm. with six touchdowns four interceptions they they don't pass they don't want to pass if they don't have to pass it that's perfect but they do have a lot of people they have they have eight people with over a hundred yards rushing this year. That's crazy. Just not not per game, but like total yeah. total. So they have a lot of different people who go, and that's just who Georgia Tech is. They just keep running you over. Yeah, I mean, I think the way you have to look at this game is how do you find other ways to win? Yeah, like last year to beat Virginia Tech, Joe Reed had that kickoff return for a touchdown, which not, really not Virginia Tech or Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that hasn't happened. <laughs> anyway, you got to find ways to beat him. You got to beat him in ways that you normally don't do. And you know, Virginia, Joe Reed had a great game returning kicks. Mm-hmm. Some of that was probably expected against a team like Liberty, but that might have to happen again. You mm-hmm. know, against Georgia Tech this week, the line seven points. So Georgia Tech is a touchdown favorite. It's a weird line. I, I would, you know, I don't know how Virginia's going to play because I don't know, but my guess would be that. Vegas would have put that higher, mm-hmm. you know. I think that Georgia Tech probably is more highly regarded than UVA at this point, especially with their running attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why it's set the way it is. I think it makes sense, but we look at Georgia Tech, and it was the same reaction I had when I started looking at Pittsburgh. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, Pittsburgh's kind of a good football team. And then I started looking at Georgia Tech. Well, Georgia Tech started one and three mm-hmm. but they've won three in a row for their last five and you look at george tech and you're like well they're they might be kind of a good football team actually yeah. you know this is gonna be a difficult game for sure and i'm just looking the defense is gonna be obviously the key you know mm-hmm. can you stop the triple option right. you know last time we saw a triple option against navy it wasn't very it didn't, pretty it didn't work out for us <laughs> But and also, I mean, you don't have to look back to Navy. You can just look back to Pitt, like a team that just runs it all the time. And mm-hmm. that did not work out well for us either. But, you know, Georgia Tech's a different running attack. So they're not so much power all the time that they do do up the middle. But a lot of times they just go around the side and they can beat you that way too. So I'm looking forward on Saturday to see what happens. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. It's gonna be one. Weird. That, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna get Georgia weird. Tech is always weird. They're yeah. always. <laughs> you can never know because you know they could fumble it like five times. Well, that's too. what they did. I think it was our fourth or third year. Whichever uh-huh. game I cut, co- it was our third year. I don't know. I was in the press box <laughs> for that game. It was on Halloween, and Georgia Tech played awful. Like yeah. we, they should have killed us, and they kept fumbling. Mm-hmm. And you know, hope maybe that happens this time. If Virginia's lucky, hopefully it'll happen this time. Yeah. You know, I think I'm not saying we're going to need luck to win next week, but I think it'll help, certainly. Just based on what we've seen from the run defense so far and what we know Georgia Tech does to teams who aren't good at run defense. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, there's just going to have to be plays on offense to keep up or special teams. You know what? Maybe Tavares Kelly gets a nice punt return. Mm -hmm. You know, Joe Reed has obviously had a great game returning kicks on Mm -hmm. Saturday. Uh, But just you can't make mistakes. You know, Bryce Perkins can't throw bad interceptions. There can't be any fumbles. You're going to have to out-execute Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh is... what they have six or seven plays they don't have a playbook you know Mm -hmm. it's just the same read every time (laughs) and it's all about execution oh you mean you mean georgia tech you said Pittsburgh. i'm so bad right now (laughs) georgia tech pittsburgh might have won against virginia tech with just six or seven plays right yeah that's true yeah yeah anyway is there anything else that you you noticed on this saturday against liberty that you that stood out to you that is going to impact us next week I mean, Jordan Mack, I guess they rotated a little bit with mm-hmm. uh, Rob Snyder. Zane Zandier played a decent amount, but mm-hmm. Rob Snyder and Jordan Mack rotated a lot. I think that's going to be really important, especially looking ahead of Virginia Tech, Yeah, is how does Jordan Mack look? Because Jordan Mack is really outside of Juan Thornhill, and Bryce Hall has kind of put himself in play too, but Jordan Mack was the guy that was really the stud of the defense, you know, mm-hmm. basically the defensive captain, called plays. And the team has played admirably without him. But if he comes back at full strength, you know, they've kind of eased him back in. But if he can come back at full strength against Georgia Tech mm-hmm. and then also Virginia Tech, that's that's going to be big. That's going to be big. I mean, that's a significant, with all due respect to Rob Snyder, mm-hmm. that's a significant upgrade. Yeah. All right. So with that, I think that's our football talk. You want to move on to basketball? Let's do it. All right. This week on Tuesday we played Towson and that was a win. We won thirty sorry, we won seventy-three to forty-two. <laughs> and then on Sunday today we played George Washington. We won seventy-six to fifty-seven. Although the final score doesn't really indicate, I think, how well we actually played. Especially in the first half. The first half we really played well, held them to seventeen points. Rob, what was something that you liked during the game? I mean, I like that we did a lot of our damage with Braxton Key and DeAndre Hunter off the floor. You know, both mm-hmm. of those guys had some early fouls and they were taken out of the game. That was today. We're recording Sunday. Yeah. And that's when we did a lot of our damage. You know, it's we were talking about this a little bit before the seeds or before we started recording. And when I was looking at how we're going to frame the season, I was thinking of it in the context of kind of old Tony Bennett lineups. You know, you're going to have your traditional four and five that are going to stay on the block. They're going to set screens. You're going to have your one through threes curling around on the side's offense. And that's not really what we've seen so far. We've Mm -hmm. seen a team with a lot more lineup flexibility. You know, guys like Braxton Key, Kihei Clark, they give you more flexibility. Mm -hmm. And you've seen Tony Bennett really take advantage of that. And you see that just in the lineups we're putting out, but you also see it in the way we're running our offense. I think it's interesting, one, how wrong we were about some things right? <laughs> last week. Last week, we, we said that, well, really, it was me. I forced you to say that Statman was going to redshirt. And of course, I, he didn't. Yeah, that's, yeah, I we should talk, talk about I want to talk about that we later. Talk about Can that. we talk about it later? Let's talk about that later. Okay, but, but also, I really thought that Mamadi was going to start Same. over Braxton Key. And going back to what you were saying is that, like, Tony has changed his or seems to have changed his philosophy a little bit about what he wants to do with this, especially with the starting lineup, Mm -hmm. because Braxton Key gives us a little bit more flexibility offensively. And I think he's willing to sacrifice a little bit of defense for that, 
which is not something that we've seen in recent years, yeah. which I think is really interesting. I mean, with Mamadi, we talk about just that four role. You know, it mm-hmm. was Akil Mitchell, then it was Darion Atkins, and we had Isaiah Wilkins. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I guess Mamadi is the guy who's going to fit that role. Yeah. And, you know, maybe in our defense a little bit, Tony Bennett has generally employed similar lineups. You know, the past five years when this team has been really good, like mm-hmm. top 10 good, you know, it's kind of all been the same. There mm-hmm. hasn't been a lot of flexibility there. I mean, yeah. DeAndre Hunter was the first person last year that was really kind of, you know, small ball. Yeah. But, but that's kind of what our starting lineup is now. It's what small ball was last year. Except for Jack. Except for Jack. Yeah. We, we still need that guy. We, hit, we need him. But I, I think it's nice that as a fan, at least, that to see that things have changed a little bit since last year when we were a little bit probably more one-dimensional than a lot of people like to admit. Mm-hmm. You know, we were an outside shooting team. We really didn't get the ball inside a lot. And this year, I think with the addition of Braxton Key and with DeAndre Hunter coming into his own, I think it's really a priority for the coaching staff to prioritize prioritize that. I, I know, you know, if it's a priority, you prioritize it. I know. <laughs> But I think it's nice to see that, especially in the starting lineup, because it would have been fine if, you know, Mamadi started because he's been here for three years and, you know, the defense is always the most important. But no, Tony's saying, look, we're going to start off with Braxton Key. Mamadi's going to come off the bench. We're going to do what we need to do to win. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that mentality. I mean, it's just different. and. I don't want to read too much into it because there might be changes to the starting lineup. You know, we're it's only been two games. Yeah, we've played against Towson and George Washington, right? Neither of whom are very good. But you know, it's been different. It's there's been a different feel to it. And the biggest thing I've noticed is just offensively. And you know, whose place had a really good article about this about the Towson game, but just moving the bigs more. You know, even if we're playing that kind of sides setup, you know, the mover blocker mm-hmm. with the two guys down low. We're bringing them higher up. And part of that is just because we have more flexibility offensively. You know, Braxton Key can shoot. Jay Huff can shoot. Mamadi has at least shown us a little bit that he He, can. I don't know if he will. He has attempted some shots. (laughs) But they're willing to move the bigs around more. And it's not just pure circle offense. You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're getting creative. And Kihei Clark is, you know, there's a lot of good things tied Jerome and Kyle Guy have done, which we're going to talk about. But right. Kihei Clark has really been a bit of a revelation in that he's allowed us to kind of play that small lineup and move the ball. My favorite Kihei moment from Sunday was when he scored on one end and that he had a nice little jumper from like the free throw, free throw line. And on the other end, he drew an offensive foul. So he's small enough that if you really run into him, he'll fall over. Yeah. And, the, and the refs have seen to call I don't know that. how legit that is all the time either, but he he's getting the calls. Well, you know, he, he throws his head back. You, you guys can't see this, but I'm throwing my head back like I've been hit. And that's what he does. If you watch him, he'll throw his head back almost every time he gets touched. And they've been calling that a lot, which yeah. is something, you know, we haven't had before. Well, I liked it when he stole the inbounds pass and uh-huh. just put up a quick layup. It was like, no problem. And then and then frowned at, <laughs> at the camera. That was great. That was against Towson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to sound yeah. good. But I, I like him a lot. I like what Braxton Key has brought too. I think he, and and by no means, I, I said earlier that we're sacrificing a little bit of defensiveness with Braxton Key in the starting lineup. That's not to say that he's a bad defender at all. He's a different defender than what Mamadi is. Yeah. You know, Mamadi's a typical four defender. He can block shots. He is good on the mm-hmm. screen hedges. 
And Braxton Key is more of a guard defender. You know, he can guard pretty much anyone on the floor except if they're much bigger and much smaller than him. Mm-hmm. So he's a really good defender, just different. Yeah. And once again, that's not something that Tony has shown in previous seasons. No, I mean, that's to me so far, that's the theme. And you just have that flexibility this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're talking about this. I think we need to start talking a little bit about Ty Jerome, too. Yeah. Ty Jerome has played incredible the past two games. Yeah. I mean, that dude, everyone wants to talk about Duke. Everyone wants to talk about Duke and R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, all these guys. I mean, look at Ty Jerome. Talk about Ty. Let's talk about Ty Jerome and what he's doing. He's been lights out the past two games. I mean, his shot has, it's it really as deep as you we'll see in college basketball i mean he his foot was beyond the saber of the v- virginia logo in midcourt i mean yeah. that that shot in the first half was ridiculous of the george washington game yeah that's nuts i mean i think we need to look at this offense in the context of ty jerome you yeah. know there's a lot of great pieces that we're gonna have offensively maybe as many pieces as many flexible pieces as tony bennett has ever had in an offensive lineup mm-hmm. but or ty jerome is really the guy who gets it all going. Yeah, and he, I think his passing has gotten better. Oh, I think it's gotten so much because better. Because he, he's had several passes that, you know, just zip right into people's hands. And whether they're ready or not, you know, there was a couple times today where he threw perfect passes that were just couldn't be handled because they didn't expect it coming because mm-hmm. he wasn't looking at them. Uh, I think that his shooting has gotten better somehow. He he is shooting at 71.4% oh, like so far. Four or five, four or six from three today against uh, George Washington. Today, he, I'm not sure exactly what it was. It was something really good. He was four or five today from three against George Washington. Yeah, like, that's crazy. And some of those were so deep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you you're right. In the last pod, you said that he is the leader of this team, and I agree with you. I, I thought that DeAndre would have a more assertive role this season. That's not the case. DeAndre can still score at will, it seems. And today, he he seemed to float through the George Washington defense a couple times in the second half, but Ty runs the team, mm-hmm. and he runs the ball, and he, he decides where it's going to go. And I think that's what we need. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say the other guys won't dominate either, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Kyle Guy will have, I think, a couple games where he just really gets hot and yeah. just plays really well. well he got hot today. He got really hot today. Yeah. Uh, four of eight from three points, or three-point land, mm-hmm. 20 points total, plus six rebounds, which is yeah. pretty solid. Uh, and DeAndre Hunter will have games when he takes over. You know, I think DeAndre Hunter is the type of player that's going to really take over when you go up against a Duke, you know, when you have to match him up. Mm-hmm. against guys that are super talented big guys that are super talented yeah. i think that's going to be the type of game where he really shows how good he is yeah yeah i i really like what i'm seeing especially on the defensive end from this team we held george washington to 17 points in the first half that was great because we really just put the game behind us i at mean that point. 16 to 2 just put him to bed fast which yeah. is the perfect start yeah that's the way i like it I didn't have to worry about the game. I was kinda, <laughs> no cardiac calves today. But I like where this team is going. But now that we've talked about what we like, let's talk about what we don't like. And I know that's that's hard to do. We're nitpicking. It's two games into the season. But, uh, Rob, what is something that you think we need to work on a little bit? I mean, I think two things that you've really touched on, which I think are important, mm-hmm. are free throw shooting yeah. and fouls. Yes. 
And I think fouls might be a lot of the reason that Mamadi Diakite didn't end up getting in the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. You know, against Towson, he had two quick fouls early, and we didn't really see a lot of him until the second half. Mm -hmm. You know, Mamadi Diakite just, he's super talented, but he still hasn't kind of put it all together. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that goes the same for DeAndre Hunter today. He picked up two quick fouls, and that kind of changed. And you know, UVA still played incredibly well in that first half, but that kind of changed the dynamic of this team a little bit as the fouls. I mean, do you think this is something that I think it's something that's coachable and will improve? I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? Today, Mamadi had two fouls in like five seconds, and one of them was like really, really nitpicky. And I don't, I don't think that's going to be called every single time. But you know, he he's one of those guys that he's super athletic. And he's super long and he's super wanting to uh, like help out. Mm -hmm. And so if he's going to help out, sometimes he might be too over aggressive and foul. Like he had one uh, hedge today where he was too hard and he kind of hip checked the guy. Mm -hmm. But I I think that as the season goes on, he's going to get more comfortable with his role coming off the bench. I think a lot of people expected him to start. I don't know if that mentality got to him or not, but I think that as the season goes on, hopefully he will settle in. He will be able to find his spots and he will be able to do what he needs to do. Like today he, he was five of seven from the field or from, from the, uh, inside the arc. He, Mm -hmm. he took one shot from outside, but so he was five of eight today. That's pretty good. That's what we need him to do. 10 Mm -hmm. points. That's wonderful, but he doesn't need to be the go-to inside guy because that's not what his role is this year i don't know if there is a role on the team for that this year yeah you know there's not a true post score there's a lot of slashers and there's a lot of people that are even getting the paint but it's not like we've had that in past seasons either you know mm-hmm. isaiah wilkins wasn't really a back to the basket score jack salt isn't no 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 today, <laughs> he's just not a score. he tried today <laughs> he really did he he was one of five he did make his two free throws that might have been the most impressive thing today. Yeah. That might have been. He sunk him, but, you know, Jack had a couple moves where he just kind of threw up a hook, and I was like, ugh. Don't, like, don't that do didn't, that, that again. That didn't look good. <laughs> but, you know, Jack does what he does. He he was good at what he needed to do. I think he tried a little bit too hard today to do some things that he didn't need to. You know, if you have a smaller opponent, some guys might want to, Maybe he was trying out some stuff. Maybe he just wanted to score. I don't know if that was the game plan or not, but uh, his baby hook is not quite there yet. So if he can develop that (laughs) over the season, that would be great. But right now, no offense for Jack. Yeah. I mean, kind of, I guess, getting back to where we originally started. You know, we love basketball. and We're going to get sidetracked a lot. But second thing, I guess, that we want to see improve is free throws. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's still early in the season. There's not a ton of volume. I like that. I feel like we've gotten more free throws in these games than we mm-hmm. have previously, and I think that should be a point of emphasis, especially as we get to ACC play. But you got to make them. You got to make them. You got to make them. Right now, we're shooting less than sixty-two percent from free throws. We're at sixty-one point one percent. So, I mean, that's fine. But there's a lot of people who, you know, should be able to make their free throws that have not. You know, Jay is at five hundred. Kyle is at 75. DeAndre is at 60%. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of these guys. Ty's made all of them because Ty's he, Ty. He's <laughs> been unbelievable this season so far. But, you know, these other guys really need to be making the free throws if they're going to get there. I, I think, especially DeAndre, 
And I think Kyle need to make their free throws at a higher clip than they have been. Yeah, and yeah. Once, once again, two games, two games. <laughs> beginning of the season, they're just getting warmed up. I think it's going to get better, but I think as DeAndre moves forward into the season, he will have to step up his free throw game because he will. I think he's going to draw a lot of fouls. He's got to draw a lot of attention. He's going to need to make them at some point. In a perfect world, to me, the only guy that has an excuse for missing a free throw is Jack Salt. Yeah. Just because we, we know Jack Salt just isn't going to become a great free throw shooter. Well, we don't know that. Things good. change. I hope things change. Things change. But to me, he's the only guy. Every other guy gets on the line, I feel like, should make their free throws. You know, speaking of free throws, I um going way back to Akil Mitchell, you know, he his junior season, he was okay at making free throws. But then somehow it got really bad. Did he, Joe, it was the same with Joe Harris. Well, he got really bad at free throws. And he actually went to a psychologist, like a sports <laughs> psychologist, to help him get over the hump of, you know, going to the line and knowing, thinking that he's going to miss the free throws. Yeah. I, th- I thought that's an interesting story because, you know, you don't hear about that kind of stuff often. Yeah. But he really, <laughs> he really had trouble getting over the hump of like, oh, I, I'm no good at free throws. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... I don't think this is going to be something that's going to be a big deal again. I think no. the biggest deal here is going to be drawing contact and getting yeah. to the line. And I think having a guy like Braxton Key is going to be really helpful there. Mm-hmm. And I think DeAndre Hunter is going to be better at that this year. Yeah. I mean, to me, those are the two guys that... And hopefully Kyle Guy will get some fouls called on him this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kyle Guy just gets hacked a lot. Yeah. Not always a lot of fouls. You know, I think fouling is going to be coachable. I think we're going to stop fouling as much. And, I, you know, it wasn't really a huge issue in the second half today. Mm-hmm. I think free throws will get better, too. I think a lot of this is just kind of early season shaking off the rust. Yeah. But, you know, is there, I guess, kind of as we drive this conversation, you know, there's not, you know, a marquee opponent, really, if you will, on this non-conference schedule. You know, the next games are, you know, Coppin State, Middle Tennessee State. Well, and, and after Middle Tennessee... It- we don't know who we're going to play yeah. until the tournament. Butler or Dayton. Butler but, or Dayton and maybe Florida at the end. Yeah. I mean, what is, you know, we're going to see a lot more games like we've seen against Towson and George Washington during this non-conference mm-hmm. slate. What are you looking for most? Are you looking for starting lineups? Like how that changes, players to develop. We need to talk about Cody Statman, which yeah. we're going to talk about. Next. next. But <laughs> as we continue this, like what's something that you think we should be looking for over the next you know, a couple weeks. I'm looking for dominance and I'm looking for them to not take their foot off the gas pedal. Today versus George Washington, I, I feel like they kind of slacked off in the second half a little bit. You know, Tony took out the most of the starters about at the 10 minute mark and they started to catch back up a little bit. They got within 20 and Tony was like, all right, starters are going back <laughs> in with like six minutes left. And that's fine, but I, I wish that they would keep up the intensity and maybe not take all the starters out, maybe mix them in with some of the role players like Marco and Jay and even Cody Statman, who we need to talk about. But I'm really interested in seeing how they handle being the favorite in every game. Because last year, that wasn't the case, really. Yeah, that's true. Last year, it wasn't the case. Last year, Until the end. Right, until the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but last year, you know, we were not ranked. We had... All these guys transfer out. We had uh, London had just left. And so we didn't really know what was going to happen. And so 
we were not favored in a lot of these games. But now that we're favored, I want to see us take advantage of that and show people that we deserve to be seen as a good team, Mm -hmm. as a good team. I also want to see, I mentioned earlier, keeping some role players in with the starters. I want to see how they develop that. Because if you can get Marco some minutes with the starters, if you can get Jay some minutes with the starters, if you can get Cody some minutes with the starters, that's going to help their development going forward. Because you can only get better with game time. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, I was going to push back until you said that. You know, I don't really care if we dominate these. I think we should dominate all these teams. I don't really care if we dominate them or not. I want to see a Virginia team that really puts all the pieces together later in the season. Yeah. I don't really care if they put them together in non-conference because Mm -hmm. we're going to win. We're going to win most of these games. Sure. But what I'm, I'm looking for exactly what you said. I want to see Tony Bennett really experiment, like really Mm -hmm. put these lineups together. And you know, if that means Kyle Guy or Ty Jerome one game only play 25 minutes, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. That's you fine. know, yeah. they're going to play a lot of minutes, and they've already played a lot of minutes in their mm-hmm. career, and they're going to play a lot of minutes in the ACC. I want to see kind of what these guys can do. You know, let's figure out now if Marco Anthony is a guy that's mm-hmm. going to really contribute during his time in Charlottesville. Like, 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 like how, how does a lineup of, of Ty, Marco, Cody, Braxton Key, and Jay Huff look? Like, like what does that look may, like? Maybe not that extreme. <laughs> But I'm fine with seeing Jay Huff run for 25 minutes. That's, I'm fine yeah. with having a game where Mamadi rolls for 30. Yeah. Like, I want to see what this team has. And, you know, I don't, you know, if it we're all of a sudden in danger of losing a game, then mm-hmm. yeah, put the starters in. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to have a bad loss. Yeah. But to me, this non-conference schedule this year is about, you know, what do we have and how can we get these lineups? You know, Kihei Clark has played a lot of time at the one, you mm-hmm. know, like keep giving them burn there and see if that's a lineup. That we can really trust come ACC mm-hmm. schedule. Yeah, you know, I'm just looking for stuff like that. Like, you know, what what can we do? Like, let's find out. Experimentation. Exactly. I like it. All right. Exactly. Great. But one guy, I'm surprised they're experimenting with Cody. Cody Statman. <laughs> we were so wrong about that. You you even suggested that he might play, and I said no, no, no way he I'd plays. S- let's talk about this. I see the avenue why he plays. Yeah. You know, we don't are. Bench, you know, we talk about how we've been excited about some guys. Our bench is still unproven. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot there. And really, you know, in this kind of true, you know, DeAndre Hunter, Braxton Key, they're wings in the sense that they're like a three slash four. Mm-hmm. You know, the true backup two or three is Marco Anthony, I guess. Although yeah. I don't think he's going to get a lot of burn this year. But then after him, I guess you got Cody Statman. Mm-hmm. So I see the avenue for him playing. You know, you have, what, 10 guys now in the rotation. Yeah. If someone goes down, then all of a sudden Marco might have to play more. Or if Cody develops, he's going to have to play more. Either way, you're going to need an extra body in there. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised to see it happen. I know you were too. I was super surprised. I was even, I was like, why would you waste a year of his eligibility on giving him four minutes a game that doesn't help and today there's one sequence with that really showed how much development he needs and i'm i hope you know what i'm talking about because (laughs) it really stood out to me he was in the game as in the second half probably with eight or so minutes left and he passed the ball it was a lazy pass the gw guy picked it off and cody actually got in front of him on the way back and got bodied, pushed out of the way, committed a foul, and the guy still made it. So that's really 
where he's at right now. He's not strong enough. Uh, he's not, I don't think, ready for the pace of the games yet. Uh, and I don't think he is ready mentally either. I mean, he he might be ready mentally, but it's a different game. It is a different, game. A different game. And I know I know he's been playing with the with the U nineteen teams on, in Australia and everything. But I mean, if you, when you come to the states and you're playing this, especially when ACC season starts, you know, mm-hmm. like he's there's no way he's gonna be ready to play any games in ACC season mm-hmm. except in garbage time. And I think that. I don't know if four minutes a game right now is going to help him in case someone gets hurt. Yeah. You know, how much better is he going to be from now until January when we might or may not need him at all? Mm-hmm. I can see why, once again. I mean, it all came down to Frankie Badochi yeah. getting hurt. You know, Tony Bennett even said he was probably going to redshirt. And then after whatever medical condition that Frankie has... That kind of opened the door to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, maybe, maybe he plays this year." I yeah, I just don't know if it's worth it. You know, is it worth it? Are those spot minutes worth him burning his red shirt for potentially a bigger role down the line? Yeah, you yeah. Know? I I guess there's a couple ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. The biggest reason that I was again, I saw the path to him redshirting, but I was or to him not redshirting, but I was yeah. kind of surprised when I first saw him is that kind of unlike Marco Anthony a year before, Marco was kind of a big body. You know, yeah. he was a guy that, you know, had his limitations on the court his mm-hmm. freshman year, but he wasn't going to get bullied around. No. Cody Satman doesn't really have that. No. And offensively, I think there is a somewhat high ceiling there, mm-hmm. but I don't know how easy it's going to be to get there. You know, right now he's a pure shooter. Yeah. That's all he is on the court. You know, he's going to get pushed around on defense and... You know, he's not the fastest guy in the world. He doesn't get much, you know, jump on his jump shot. You yeah. know, he doesn't jump that high. His shot is doesn't have the best arc. But I was just kind of surprised. You know, I think there's a floor that isn't super pretty when he's on the floor right mm-hmm. now. But I also don't see the path to really him reaching a ceiling or really getting anywhere close to that this year. Yeah, I think that if he once again, was in the weight room with Mike Curtis for a whole year. I, I really thought that would have suited him better than him playing, you know, in 10 or so games over the season and not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. But honestly, this is why we pay Tony millions of dollars a year to make these kinds of decisions. Rob and I <laughs> have no idea what is going on behind the scenes. We're so We're great armchair quarterbacks. We- <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I think that I trust Tony and I think he knows what he's doing and I can totally see why it's happening. I I was just really surprised. I think the other angle you can look at this too is Tony Bennett's looking ahead a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, in his recruiting classes, you know, for a couple years there after the, you know, Ty, Kyle, Jay Huff, DeAndre class, we had two years where we didn't hit our plan A guys. Mm -hmm. This kind of go around, we're starting to hit a couple of these Mm -hmm. plan A guys and there's been, you know, there were two guys visiting this weekend, Keon Johnson and uh, Reese Beekman. Beekman. So I think you're, you've got to put your best players on the floor mm-hmm. and you got to do that. You also, you want to try to save stuff for future seasons, but mm-hmm. you got to put your stuff, best stuff on the floor now. And I think it's helping Tony Bennett potentially in this circumstance, knowing that, hey, I'm hitting on a couple guys right mm-hmm. now, you know? We're going to have some players that can come in and kind of play from day one, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, with the guys they have committed now, but also some guys that 
are potentially looking here, you right. know, potentially looking at UVA. So I think that plays a role too is, you know, let's let's see what we got now knowing that we have guys coming in in the future as well. Yeah, I I agree with that and I am excited for Cody to develop more. I am excited cuz he is a sniper. Like he's a pure shooter, he's a really good shooter. I I think that the scale of playing in JPJ and playing against D1 teams has maybe he hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. But he will. And all freshmen go through this. I mean, even the Duke freshmen that you look at. Like today, um, RJ Barrett, I was watching Duke play against Army, and RJ Barrett threw up a three and he just bricked it off the side <laughs> of the glass. Didn't hit the rim, just bricked it off the glass. One of the most talented players in the country. Right, exactly. And he was playing his first game in Cameron Indoor. He probably had some jitters, right? Mm-hmm. That's a tough place to play, even if you play for Duke, right? <laughs> like, it's intimidating. So I, I'm sure Cody is going through his freshman stuff right now. He will get over it. He will get better. And next year, hopefully he will have a bigger role in the team. As just right now, I didn't see a role for him and was surprised that he played. Yeah, I mean, but... But I agree with Tony. <laughs> we like Tony Bennett. We like there. Tony. We're fans of Tony Bennett. But... I mean, that's one of the things I guess I was getting out earlier is I don't I don't really see, you know, much of a role for Cody Savin, but maybe he proves us wrong. You mm-hmm. know, maybe in one non-conference game this year, yeah. he does really well. You know, Jay Huff had that game last year where he had 14 points and then barely saw the floor in the ACC season. You know, there could be there could be a flash or a moment or something that could come of that mm-hmm. um, that we'll just have to look out for. And, you know, if he has a game where he gets a couple open looks and knocks down a couple shots, you know, all of a sudden that, that's that just another be, tool in the toolbox. Well, that could be the, all the confidence that he needs. You know, yeah. sometimes you just got to hit a couple shots and then you're golden, yeah. but he hasn't hit that shot yet. And hopefully it'll come soon. Yeah. Maybe against Coppin state. Yeah. Which is our next opponent on Friday. Rob, do you know anything about Coppin state? None. You know, it Rob. was actually funny when we did our non-conference <laughs> look at the schedule i was at the beach and i was on the phone i wasn't looking at the schedule when we were going through it and you said all right cop and state win or loss and i was like who like <laughs> i straight up hadn't heard of them right well they are the eagles they're from baltimore they um they have lost two games this season one to wisconsin one to dayton uh have they, they played only two games they've only played two games okay. they uh they only scored 46 points against dayton all right oh, their offense they're the fourth worst offense in college basketball so far. And they're going up against the number one rated defense in college basketball so far. Uh, this does not look pretty for Coppin State, but, you know, who knows what can happen, right? So I think next week what we're going to look for is, once again, some of these role players getting some time against Coppin State and also maybe some diversity in the lineup, as mm-hmm. Rob was saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a much bigger weekend for football next week than mm-hmm. hopefully it is for basketball. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm nervous. Honestly, I mean, honestly, it could get really ugly for basketball for both teams for both games. Yeah. It could get bad. It could get ugly for Coppin State. <laughs> if Virginia can't stop the run, it's gonna get pretty ugly in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, it, it it might be bad, but it might be good games. You know, who's to say? That's why we play the games. Yeah, that's why we play the games. But, Rob, do you have anything else for either football or basketball before we end? Do you? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. I think we did a really good job, man. I think we we hit a lot of good stuff. The second best UVA sports podcast hit everything.
y'all gotta love us man y'all gotta love us (laughs) (laughs) all right so you want to give some yells yeah okay all right so i've actually got two shout outs this week and both are basketball related one goes out to grant kiersey who scored his first career points today uh, against george washington he had two free throws that he just sank uh, in front of the home crowd the students were super excited he was a manager last year Uh, i actually met him he's really nice uh and glad that he's getting his time on the court because he deserves it. And by all accounts, I've heard uh, he he's dedicated in practice and does everything that the team needs. And my second one goes out to Ty Jerome for pinging a ball off Matt Riley's face. Uh, I don't know who he was trying to throw it to, but there was a miscommunication, and he just threw it <laughs> right at uh, UVA's best photographer. So I uh, hope he's okay, but you know, I, I thought it was funny. So those are my shout outs. Yeah, I was telling Dustin, it's a weekly tradition of mine of just changing the screen, the background on my computer, just to a new Matt Riley photo. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's always great. It's so beautiful. hopefully hopefully he recovers. No no serious injuries <laughs> yeah. from Mr. Ty Jerome. Uh-huh. I'm going to give shout outs to uh, UVA kick returners of the past and present. And future. And future. Ooh. We don't know who they are, but... Hopefully they're good, like you're gonna the do, past you're gonna do present it. ones. <laughs> Darius Jennings had a very nice return to open up the game for the Tennessee Titans today. It was like 50 or 60 yards. Tennessee Titans kind of crushed the Patriots, mm-hmm. which, you know, I like to think that's because of Darius Jennings. You yeah. know, just... He was the spark. Yeah, he was the spark. But then also Joe Reed, obviously, big returns uh, on Saturday against Liberty, broke the 90-yarder. Liberty even got to the point where they started squibbing kicks. Mm-hmm. So they to didn't Evan give Butts. To Evan Butts. <laughs> Evan Butts is low-key a good kick returner, too. Low-key got you, it to, like, you the know, 40. He, <laughs> he almost broke away against Miami on that onside kick. Uh-huh. He almost had himself for a return touchdown. So he's the present, too. Yeah. But a lot, of, a lot of good kick returns from UVA guys this weekend. All right. So those are our yells and i think that's it for today so make sure to follow us on twitter at guys and ties pod make sure to follow us on snapchat at guys and ties pod lots of good bonus content on there make sure to follow us on itunes or podbean if you want to keep listening and we'll see you guys next week go who's beat ta- uh beat who are we playing coppin state. state that's and georgia tech and georgia tech go who's go who's <laughs>